Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. From the Blake Street Tavern, it is the BSN Buffs Podcast. I am Jake Shapiro, and I already blew out my audio levels. It's Ryan Koningsberg and Tyler Ziskin with me. We are here to talk all your see it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That would have been bad. Damn, damn! It's because a CSU writer just retweeted you, and I was, Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a big leap you're making there. (laughs) Well. All your CU Buffs news uh, at BSN Denver. We do have a CU Buffs podcast. Uh, we don't have a CSU Rams podcast. That There's been two notably that the is. only only thing on BSN Denver that doesn't have a podcast. There's actually been. that's not true, but we'll just pretend like it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's been too too many school up north references at the start of this podcast. There's been two already. Yes. What was the first one? We. When you blew it up at the beginning, you're like, "Oh, well, I, I was, almost, I almost said this," and that it just keeps being. Oh, well, that was all part of that one was the one reference. reference. Okay, fine. It was one all very long, accidental. Yes, mention. Anyways, Anyways we are here. Uh, we are not caught in the web yet, but the buffs may be soon. Four twenty, though, bros. Uh, Woo! No. Woo! No. Okay, so actually, I was thinking about this today when I was driving home. In college, I used to wonder like how people forgot that this day existed. I'm not a smoker by any means, but I'd be like, wow, people like people just go through life and don't even realize that 420 is a thing. And then today, I was walking into work and I was like, oh, wow, it's 420 and I had no idea. And not, I haven't seen one single thing different about my life. So it just reminded me that life in Boulder is much different than the rest of the world. There was a weird haze leaving Bol- when I left Boulder. That's all I'll say. An interesting haze today over the city of Boulder. But uh, we're here. We're going to talk some Davis Webb. We're going to talk some CU Buffs football. We didn't wrap up the spring game yet in the spring football season just because we were out last week. Ryan was sick. I was out of town. Tyler is still holding it down here at the Blake Street Tavern. We'll talk about that all together. We'll talk about some hoops. CU Buffs get a really big commitment from a big man. Uh, Really interesting signing there. I know Tyler's got some really good stuff on that, so we'll get to that in the second segment. We're also going to respond to your questions, most of which are fun. We love that stuff, so we're going to get into that. But first, There's like 300 questions. Most questions we've gotten. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all because I said off-topic questions were suggested. You know what the weird part is? Like, that tweet only got, like, two favorites, but it got, like, 200 replies. It's all about those interactions, man. Got to keep that interaction rate high. You were, I think it, you it's were just because of me and everybody's 
it's summer and all they want to do is talk about anything that they can talk about right now. I know I was coming up leading up to the spring game. I was like, oh, yeah, football. And the spring game ended, and I was like, that did nothing for me. I need the season to get here as soon as possible. Seriously. So, first thing, uh, quarterback Davis Webb from Texas Tech grad transfer. We've been expecting him on campus at CU Boulder for, well, since January 25th about now uh, to join this team this summer. A very big commitment, a transfer quarterback. We all know he's solid. Uh, Sefa Lufau, obviously the incumbent starter at CU, three-year starter. He has a list Frank injury, still unsure about his status for the fall he was not there in the spring that left Steven Montez starting this spring and he was pretty solid from all reports but this Davis Webb situation sure is interesting and he sure would add a lot to this CU Buffs team yeah uh, the whole situation uh, leads me to go back to did maybe CU put a little too many eggs in his basket without having him officially on campus I feel like part of the blame of this entire freakout kind of has to go on the coaching staff talking about him as if you know he was a foregone conclusion to be here all this time um and i i'd be willing to venture a guess that most of you fans figured once he signed that financial aid agreement he was a lock and so when they heard about this i think it caught people off guard even more um so i think you know the coaching staff talking about him constantly uh did that might end up doing them a disservice for this meltdown that's kind of going on right now obviously goes to visit Cal a couple weekends ago. Um, there were reports that he was going to visit Auburn. I don't, did he officially go on that visit yet? He hasn't yet. And from both Cal and our side of the equation, they're saying that visit's not going to happen. But so, we'll see. The, so it's really a, a deal where all of a sudden something happened. We're not exactly sure what it was. There's a whole lot of speculation. Um, but – Davis Webb decides maybe I need to go check out a couple other options, maybe just one at this point, uh, and goes and checks out Cal, and everyone lost their minds as if the world was ending. Um, So, uh, you know, I I think the whole situation is a little blown out of proportion. Um, You know, people saying some horrible things about a kid who simply has one season left of football and wants to make sure he does it where he has the best chance to not not only just play but succeed. Um, and so he's going out there, and, you know, there's people jumping off that bandwagon real quick when, you know, he's still committed to Colorado. He still says it in his Twitter bio. So uh, the whole situation is a bit frustrating to me. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely irritating to me. I understand his side of the argument, but if he had just came out and said this two weeks ago, just said that he wanted to make the best decision for him and that he only had one more year, I think it would have alleviated a lot of the stress that the fan base went through in the past couple of weeks. It's hard for me to blame the coaching staff, as you said, because he's been telling us all along that he is 100% committed and that wants to be at Colorado. So there is no real reason for them to suspect that he wouldn't be here. But I do agree with you that I think a lot of fans didn't realize he wasn't binded to Colorado yet. Um, and I did realize that, but I kind of had forgotten, honestly, that because he had seemed so locked into being at Colorado that it just kind of slipped my mind that there is potential for him to go take these other visits. Like I said, I I understand that he wants to make the best decision for him. I just think how he handled it has not been all that impressive. And I do think it's a totally different situation. It's not a high school recruit that's coming in there. It's a kid that we we stopped recruiting other quarterbacks because he said he was coming here. And that is important. I mean, you can do that in high school too, but it's different. There's a lot of kids that 
you know, have offers. There are other options out there for you and amongst the high school ranks if someone decides to change their mind. With him, all the other transfer, big-time transfers at this point pretty much have, have gone and done other things. So Here's what I have to say about that, though, is it's like how much of everything that goes on in the NCAA is all about the schools. This grad transfer situation is one of the only things where a player is really in control and, and is the is really – able to uh, have some benefits here. So, yes, it is a little bit different. Um, the Buffs shut down their QB rec- recruiting. They thought they had their guy there. And, yeah, it has a poor effect on them. But, I mean, who's to tell him that, you know, if, if someone gives him a call and he thinks it's intriguing, that he can't go go check it out? I just think it's ridiculous to, you know, say – like I, I see people saying, well, do we even want him anymore? He's obviously shown he's not a leader. Yeah, no, that's no, ridiculous. That's so ridiculous. It's like – I would do the same thing if I was in his position. I mean, of course, maybe you handle it a little different, handle it a little better, but, uh, you know, you have to make the best. In the end, it, it is about him. It's not yeah. about CU. It's not about any school. It's So, yeah, of course he's making it about him. It is about him. It's his decision. It's him giving himself the best chance to play at the next level. Um, there's a lot of things that go into that, and I just – I really – I don't understand the way that people react to things. I mean – Let's say he does come to see you, and obviously that's still a possibility. Like, wh- how are these people gonna? How are these people on all buffs or buff Stampede or whatever gonna feel about, the, or even Twitter? They're gonna feel about like, oh, well, I, I didn't mean to say all those terrible things about. Oh, this that happens right all the time on social media. Though. It's so ridiculous. They're just gonna completely forget what they said, of course. But I mean, yeah, to, and to me, the only thing that really bothers me about it is that he was so adamant that he was coming that it makes it tough when you eventually decide right before you're supposed to be here that you, that you might want to check something else out. Like, if he had committed and said, you know, well, I'll see what other opportunities come up before it happens in May, the, the people would just not have freaked out to this level of extent, in my opinion. So you know, we'll see what happens with it. I, I mean, I even had one of my buddies say, that, like, oh, well, I hope his parents get in his ear and teach him about being a man because, like, they're like I was like, no, what are you talking about? His parents are going to help him make the best decision for him. They're not looking at it from our perspective like he's screwing us over. That's not what his parents are going to say. They're going to make sure that he makes the best choice for him. He has a limited amount of time to impress the next level. He has one year to play, and he's got to make the best choice for him. And I get that. I, it, it just how it led up to this certain point, he just misled a lot of people about his intentions. If he had the whole time just been like, I'm going to make the best decision for me and we'll see what happens, I think it, the, the outrage wouldn't have been there. I also think – I just feel like people are – just because it's a little bit different with a grad transfer, I feel like people are just acting like this stuff never happens. Like they're acting like this is the first time this has ever happened, and it's not. Um, I saw another reporter saying, you know, how can he say that he's committed to the Buffaloes, but he'll soon make a final decision? Shouldn't him being committed to the Buffaloes mean that's a final decision? And it's like never in the history of college football has someone saying they're committed somewhere meant that was their final decision. Uh, stuff like this happens all the time. Uh, it's it's gonna it's just how it works. It's you know you don't ha- you until you sign uh, a letter or in, in when you're a high when you're a high school student it's a letter of intent. I guess when when you're a grad transfer it's when you enroll in classes officially or go to classes officially. So. It's just, it's always going to be that way. It's never will a verbal commitment mean really anything in college sports. Yeah, I, th- I think the Sharir and Jones situation is adding to the speculation here as well because 
people are like, wow, we really got two quarterbacks to transfer here, and now neither of them are going to show up. So I, like, yeah. I forgot that that even happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I think that's kind of the issue. Is like, wow, we're going to have two kids transfer in and not even show up on campus mm. and play it down here. Well, one showed one up summer. on campus. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> but I mean actually play football. They've actually yeah. both been on campus. but True. The interesting part is, and I think we all agree that, you know, whether or not he handled it right, the kid should make the decision that benefits him most. And I think we're all in that boat, us three here, uh, especially from the perspective of, you know, you guys are just a little bit older than him. I'm a little bit younger than him. And, you know, you kind of see from his perspective, he's trying to weigh all of his options. He wants to go to the NFL. He wants to live his dream. And, you know, all of a sudden, Sefa Lufau is getting healthier at this point. You don't really know necessarily uh, if that job is just entitled to you as you walk into Colorado. So I can kind of see from his perspective. But from the Buffs' perspective, they have Steven Montez, who, you know, you've been hyping up for years now, it seems. They have Sefa Lufau, who's been getting healthier. Should the Buffs move on if Webb won't commit? And that was the title of Pat Rooney's article in the Daily Camera, uh, which I found really interesting. Uh, I'll let you guys give your opinions on it. I'm not going to give mine right away, but, uh, you know, definitely an interesting thing. He calls it a distraction for the Buffs QB situation. I have different opinions, but what do you guys think? So first of all, I really wanted to respond to this on Twitter, and I decided not to just because I, I've – lost my affinity for getting in, into it on Twitter. Um, the whole premise of it just doesn't make any sense to me uh, because what, there's no benefit. That would be my question. What is the benefit to Colorado in moving on? If you were, it, 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 I was waiting while reading that article to read, well, if they move on now, they can go, go after some other transfer quarterbacks. Or this. But in the article, it never says why, where Colorado somehow benefits from this. Um, yeah, would you like him to make a decision this week? Sure, of course you would. But it's not up to you, and you've already put so many eggs in this basket that you really have to try and hang on for dear life and make sure he comes here. Because I, I guarantee you if Mike McIntyre calls up Davis Webb and says, hey, uh, it's, it's, it's Mike, uh, it's, it's, uh, two, it's, what day is it? it's Wednesday, uh, 4.18 p.m., I uh, just want to let you Almost know. Almost 4:20 and 4:20. I'm gonna need a decision from you by Friday at two o'clock on whether you're coming here or we're moving on. 100% guarantee you do that. He's going to Cal. So the whole premise of the article is just odd to me because nowhere in it does it say where the benefit is for the Buffs. Distract. I'll tell you this: the kids in those locker rooms they don't pay attention to this crap. They really don't. Of course. They keep a, a, a slight eye on it. Yeah, they, they knew Davis Webb was coming. They saw him hanging around practice. They're not sitting there every single day, like, searching his tweets and seeing if he un, unpinned certain <laughs> tweets and if he changed his Or he's following profile. or unfollowing right. people. They don't give a shit. So it's not a distraction in the locker room. The person who's probably thinking about it most is Sefo Lufau, and that's fair because it's, you know, his job, potentially not his job. Uh, but other than that, it's not a distraction. No one. I mean, everyone's going about their business on a day in day out basis the same way. Um, so really, I just I felt like the the article was very misguided because I, it just didn't make sense. It, it wasn't. It it never offered um, any benefit for CU. Yeah, the one thing I guess the Buffs would have to lose is their pride, which isn't well, necessarily even <laughs> true. Since um, when does CU have pride? Right, and <laughs> they haven't won. <laughs> in my opinion, this is like you going Someone's up. Going to get mad at me for saying that. Of course, CU has pride, but. 
uh, they're no place to hang on to it at right now with the way their program yeah, is. Yeah, you're about to get a pride and tradition quote in your yeah, timeline exactly. so, really yes, quick. Of course, CU is a very prideful university with a great The pride and the trusted but Buffaloes will no, not be entrusted to the timid. They have no place to be hanging on to pride right now and telling players they can't come here because they're too proud to let them go around and visit other people. You know what this situation is like to me? It's like if I went out and I was a senior in high school and I asked the hottest girl to prom. And she said yes initially. And then she started going around and going, hey, like, I wonder if, you know, this party bus is cool. Like, you know, whatever. Like, this guy's considering me or whatever. And then I go back home to my mom and she's like, well, you know, you know, maybe she's not too, she's not good enough for you. If she, she's, she's Welshing on this. Your mom would absolutely say that. She would. <laughs> she would. And so, like. You still know in the back of your head, this is your best option. She's the hottest girl, so you should probably stick it out. You can always, you know, there's always a freshman in the wings (laughs) you could find. Um, What I did my senior prom. Um, But, yeah, you can can do that. And that's what I kind of compare it to. It it literally seems like this perspective is one of, like, well, we're the buffs. You know, this shouldn't happen to us. And it's such a dumb perspective because – the Buffs won, what, four games last year? Three games? Four. And they're sitting here with a quarterback that they're potentially going to have to start a redshirt freshman as a quarterback that there's a lot of questions about, and rightfully so. And not that Montez, you know, hasn't been good or whatever, but they have the option of a guy who has all the experience and has gone to a ball. And what has everyone said that the Buffs missed? That the same, the same people that are saying that Davis Webb is a bad human or whatever are the guys that are saying... Sefo Lufa is the reason that the Buffs haven't gone to a bowl the last two years. So the whole argument is ludicrous because Davis Webb, if you believe in that Sefo Lufa is holding the Buffs back, is the guy that can push them forward. Um, yeah, I don't have any prom analogies for you here, <laughs> but I agree with Ryan especially in that it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's April. Like, what are I don't understand what we accomplish by telling him to go kick rocks. Like, we lose the best quarterback on the team by doing that. And it, it, does anybody have someone out there that we're going to go get instead? Like, is somebody else waiting on us to go get an offer from Colorado to come here? Not that we're aware of. And it's Sefo still recovering from injury. Like, none of this stuff changes. There's no real football for this team until August. Like, yeah. they have summer workouts. They do some camp stuff. But there's nothing going on. Like, it, there's, there's, it's not like we have a deadline. Signing day isn't tomorrow or whatever it may be where we have to land another kid by tomorrow in order to replace this dude. It's not, it's not that way. So to me, that doesn't make any sense. So every recruit that we've ever had, if they look at another school, we should just tell them to kick rocks. We'd literally sign zero kids in every single class. You know, it just doesn't yeah. – yep. I don't understand why – I mean, this is part of recruiting. This is part of college football landscape today. There's a lot of transfers. These things happen. Kids go see other schools – like you can't you can't overreact to that fact and just say we're gonna kick him out because he went to go visit somewhere else. And another premise in there was that he's gonna have like lost a piece of the locker room if he does come back to see you because he shopped around. All, like all these kids are on the same team, man. It's them versus the NCAA when it really all comes down to it. They understand. They really get it. Um, of course, yeah. Maybe someone's gonna be like, "Yo, what happened? Like I thought you were with us, and then you went around, and it'll be a quick to, quick explanation." And even if he has to lie and say, wouldn't you guys take a free trip to Cal if you could get one, you know? So, no, it's not – that's just not how it works. I think people really overestimate how much attention 
the kids really pay to this stuff. Um, they're focused on their – listen, they've got a study. They've got a workouts every morning. They've got enough going on in their lives. They're not browsing the All Buffs board uh, reading about Davis Webb every day. It's just not how it works. Well, that's going to wrap up this first segment on Colorado. Real quick, I think we, all, we should all give predictions. Will Davis Webb be at Colorado come no. fall camp? No. No? Yes. I'm always wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say yes, actually. Okay, good. I mean, and, I, and I was leaning the other way on Friday. And now I'm leaning back this way. Just like Davis Webb. Oh, exactly. I changed my <laughs> mind. Can you believe it? Oh, 24-year-old changes his mind. Breaking news. Shocking. Um, Twitter explodes. Right. You're a bad human, Ryan. Uh, that's going to wrap up this first segment on... I'm not a leader. See, you're not you're not a lead either. CU Buffs uh, <laughs> football. Uh, we're going to come back to you with some more CU Buffs football and some CU Buffs basketball recruiting. But first, I want to tell you about the Clock Tower Grill. The Clock Tower Grill down in Denver off the Lincoln Light Rail Station. They have the perfect place to get your pregame on. You know, they got great deals on wings, beer. Uh, if you're by the Lincoln Light Rail Station, you're coming down to the Rockies game this summer. Perfect place to stop off on your way up to lower downtown, lower downtown, and uh, get your pregame on. That's their whole motto, and uh, we've been down there. We actually enjoyed our time down there. We took a couple of trophies home. Uh, not not the girls, the actual trophies. We also uh, had, down there. We, well, have, we also we had girls. trophies, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we like that. It kind of reminds me of in Vegas when we when Tyler made us stop at every single bar on our way from New York, New York to Vidara. Vidara. It's like that. It's like, you know, you're coming from South Denver to downtown. you got to stop at every bar before you get to Lake Tavern. And that one's right off the Lincoln Light Rail Station. So stop by the Clock Tower Grill. We'll see you back on the other side of the screen. This is Justin Gold from Justin's. If you've had my nut butter or my peanut butter cups, then you know that I take my products and my customers very seriously. So when I needed my roof replaced, I wanted somebody who feels the same way about their customers and their products that I do. Luckily for me, I found exactly that when I went to Chip Bezo from Chip's Roofing, and he provided me with a service that I'll never forget. Not only did they build me a beautiful high-wind roof with the best products available, but the quality, price, and service was exceptional. I was in contact with Chip the entire time, and him and his crew couldn't have been more professional. Chip's Roofing has my business for life. Chip's Roofing, Colorado's high-wind roofing experts for 30 years. You can find us online at chipsroofingllc.com. That's chipsroofingllc.com. Or call us now at 720-938-ROOF. That's 720-938-ROOF. Once again, 720-938-ROOF. Hi, I'm Erica Chenard, and I've been helping Colorado homeowners buy and sell for 14 years. From the biggest names in Colorado to first-time buyers, I treat each and every one like an MVP. I've sold over 170 homes in the last 12 months, and I can help you sell your current one or buy your next one. Call me, Erica Chenard, at 720-663-1003 or online at denvercohomes.com. Of course you want to be in better shape, and of course you want to change the way you eat, but it's easier said than done. Hi, I'm Adam Kinney, and like you, I've tried a million different things to accomplish this before I found the solution. Now, I go to Ironclad Fitness off of Evans. The days of long, boring cardio sessions are over. 
My kettlebell training to Ironclad is fast, innovative, and it really works. At this rate, I'll never step on a treadmill again. Let Ironclad Fitness change your life like they're changing mine. Ironclad Fitness. Hey, Josh, what happened to Colorado Keg House? I was just there yesterday, Adam. It's the same great place with 72 Colorado craft beers on tap. Really? I heard they had up to 60 breweries in there. I figured they must have moved into a huge building or something. That means they have up to 60 different breweries on tap, dude. Do you think they actually crammed 60 breweries in there? Oh, so they still have 27 TVs? Yeah. And NFL Sunday ticket? Yep. Cool. Still awesome. Colorado Keg House, Colorado's home for craft beer by the First Bank Center in Broomfield. back on the BSN Buffs podcast live from the Blake Street Tavern. I am Jake Shapiro alongside Ryan Coningsburg and Tyler Siskin. We just talked about Davis Webb, but time to talk about the Buffs that are for sure on the team next fall. Uh, and those Nothing is certain. <laughs> okay. Well, now you're going to make people really <laughs> upset. Uh, but the spring game happened. Uh, it wasn't very interesting, but we wrote a story on it, so <laughs> there's that. Um the running backs were impressive. I will agree with you on that. That was your headline from the game. Uh, <coughs> I gave up on trying to announce the game because I couldn't figure out which team was sc- – I couldn't figure out how to keep score of the game because it was offensive versus defense. So I just kept saying Colorado touchdown, but they also – I believe the final score was 31-2 to two offense versus defense. <laughs> yeah, they did have a safety. That's yep, true. The defense scored. Defense scored. And they had that interception. That was a nice interception. Uh, but it was unfair when they started putting Shea Fields out there against the second-team defense. That was not. Yeah. Uh, Everyone got excited about that play, and I got angry. I was like, why is Shea Fields burning Andrew Bergner? Because they know. <laughs> good, good, good reference. Uh, <laughs> because they know that the, Joe Schmo in the crowd is going to see that and be like, oh, my God, Shea Fields is the next Paul Richardson. I would like that. So just the same way that, like, didn't was it Bryce Bobo last year who had, like, no, it was, like, two years ago, Bryce Bobo had, like, 10 catches for 110 yards on the third teamers. And for the entire season, Pac-12 Networks talked about how Bryce Bobo was an impact player. Yeah. Well, in Bryce Bobo's defense, every time he, the man gets the ball, he does something awesome. So he should get the ball more because he's one of my favorite players. Especially because when he doesn't get the ball, he just starts whining about everything <laughs> well, and moping around. I did talk to him about uh, his supposed injury that kept him out of the game. Uh, I think he tweaked his ankle or hammy. He was just like, yeah, it's nothing. I'm just being safe is what he said, which is, you know, smart of him. You know, it, they weren't playing for anything whatsoever at all. So, you know, it's not worth going out there in pads and just even risking because he sat down. He had sat out a few days in practice earlier, too. Uh, it just seemed like he tweaked something, and Even- he's fine. That's why you didn't see him out there. Eventually, everyone will buy in and believe me when I say that the spring game is the worst thing ever, and they'll stop getting excited. Well, how we do it is. That's well, the difference. It's like some of these big-time programs like actually do a legitimate game and have like cool stuff to go do at the stadium the whole day. Like They actually do it the right way. But it seems like CU has kind of really made it not a big deal. It seems like McIntyre it's a McIntyre thing, yeah. yeah. I just don't <laughs> – I don't know what it is, but but whatever it is, it's terrible. I want them to bring back the CU varsity team versus alumni. They used to do that back in like the forties. That would be amazing. Them like playing. Well, the the funny thing is, they count that game in the records in the old record books. Yeah. So like when you look at like CU's all-time wins, 
some of those wins are the varsity team over the alumni team. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Now I'm just embarrassed. No, it's not just a CU thing. It's just the way things were back then. Like right. <laughs> They only played six games a year, and one of them was against the alumni. And, like, so they, they have losses like, YMCA of Denver on there. They got like, credit for beating, like, a 78-year-old. Is no, it was, like, literally, it would be, like, if, like, Cody Hawkins was playing against them now. Like, it wasn't, like, just old dudes. It was just, like. Are we sure? Yes. Okay. There were no 78-year-old alumni on, like, the first five CU football teams. We could have only been five years younger than that. Weezer Fair wasn't coming point. out in the 70s and playing. Yeah, no. All right, well. Are you calling Wizard White Weezer? Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what he was talking about. Second, I thought he was talking about the big man about me too. <laughs> I don't even like Weezer. I was like, Weezer was around in the 70s? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I knew they were old, but damn. <laughs> I'm out of topics to talk about, so if you oh, have anything else. I was, gonna, else I was actually going to throw in Ryan's going to like this. Uh, Devin Ross actually looked good. Yes. Um, and from what we've heard in practice, we heard this last year too, disclaimer, that he was better catching the ball. But you, with him, when he doesn't have a helmet on, he's usually, he usually looks pretty good. But usually when you strap him into his pads and his helmet, he struggles to catch the ball. But he did a really nice job, I thought, in the spring game. Looked really natural. Like, didn't even fumble any passes. Caught everything outside of his body. So that was encouraging for sure. Yeah. Not only did he look good in that sense, but he just, like, looks good on the field. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has the white cleats. He's got the right swag. He's got the right face mask. He's doing it right, and that's how you become good. Look good, feel good, play good. 100% abide by that, and we're going to move towards basketball now that we've hit the halfway point of this podcast, and the Buffs got a big recruit. This happened just yesterday. Six foot ten, 230-pound big man Lucas Seawork from Los Angeles, California, uh, has committed to the University of Colorado. He is originally from Brazil. Uh, Really interesting get. I, he's been rated as high as a four-star, as low as a two-star, but it definitely seems like he is legit just looking at pictures of him and a couple videos of him playing. Uh, and if you're playing for your national team, Brazil has some pretty legit talent. There are no oh, yeah. sh- slum schlums. I don't know. I was around my Yiddish. Schleps. Yeah, schleps. Schleps. Uh, uh, they weren't, they, they're, no, they're, they're not bad. So Brazil's got some good talent on there. So him playing for that means a lot in my book. He plays for the Compton Magic. I think Shannon Sharp also played mm-hmm. for the Compton Magic. Uh, John Hopkins. Spencer Dinwiddie. No, no, no. Yeah, I think he did. Well, he I think wasn't, but he was from Arizona. Oh, but yeah. Was it Spence? No, Spence. No. Someone else also has played for the Compton Magic. That yeah, was there's Martin a couple CU. guys. There's a couple connections oh, there. Oh, Skia. Ski. Um, So I like that, uh, and obviously Tyler tweeted, and this is uh, the best news, probably CU Buffs commit. Lucas Seward is the number 130-ranked player in the Rivals 150 for the class of uh, 2016. He had offers from ASU, BC, Tulsa, and Texas Tech, and this comes on the heels of them uh, officially signing uh, Dallas Walton. So Buffs basically get two big men all signed up and ready to go for next year with their national letters of intent this week. Uh, no, signed. They're signed. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, signed yeah, yeah. up and they're all ready to go. National letters of intent because once you sign that. You're yep, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. I thought okay. you were saying that's coming up. Yeah, no, that's that's happened. So they're both on for next year. Two big big men. Uh, great that they're replacing. Uh, well, I won't, I won't saying, but they, there was some lack of depth going into next year. We were all kind of worried about that. That was the one glaring hole for this team with Josh Scott leaving uh, and the Kenan Gazan Gazanian, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> leaving. Uh, so, what do you guys think about this? Uh, what are your initial reactions to this? This kind of came out of left field for me. Well, I'll tell you my honest initial reaction, and I sent it to Tyler. Uh, a wise coach once told me, "Don't recruit white players; they'll get you fired." 
But upon further review, he's Brazilian, so I don't necessarily think he's actually white. Um, no. So I'm giving the thumbs up. Go ahead, recruit him. Uh, don't look at that picture that you tweeted out because he looks like a complete loser there. And then all of a sudden you see a picture. I think that picture is like four years old. Yeah. You see an updated picture. He's got a good haircut. Uh, he looks like he could ball a little bit. He's not a stiff. So those are my initial reactions. Then you dive into his actual game a little bit. Uh, and Tyler's losing it over there. <laughs> <laughs> the haircut thing got me for sure. He looks so good. He has the same He's haircut a, that you guys have. <laughs> He's got a good haircut. It's important. Uh, you, you look at his game, and, and it's uh, a very versatile game. He's very skilled for a guy coming out of high school. Uh, he can step out. He can really shoot the three. Kind of unlimited range for a guy that size. Um, they he, called him a stretch four in a lot of the scouting reports. And uh, one of the quotes I read from him, it said he used to play outside in Brazil. And when he came over to America, he grew more. He sprouted. But he never lost that aspect of the game. And he's kind of learning how to play inside as more as he grows. So he's basically Anthony Davis is what we're saying. No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, but Anthony Davis, you know, that's why he, he can shoot and he can handle it because he used to be small and then he got big. Um, no, I, I think, you know, it's uh, maybe a little Austin default. I know we always want to compare any person who can shoot at, and is big to Austin and Dufault. And is white. No, because we try to compare Dustin Tom. People try to compare Dustin Thomas to Austin Dufault. So He was light-skinned. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Here we go. And uh, so – you know, I, I don't want to jump to that too quickly, but it, they do remind me a little bit. Um, watching his highlights, he loves to do a little dribble, a couple dribbles, spin into the post, score that way. He loves to shoot it. Um, really a bit of a three-level scorer when I watch this tape. So uh, it's really big for them to be able to have that guy. I think it probably opens up the door at least a little bit for Dallas Walton to redshirt, which I think is the ideal situation. Um, all around, just a good pickup. And uh, I think Tad Boyle and the staff are really happy about that one. Um, once once was uh, committed to ASU, a couple of places reported him having a Cal offer. I don't know how legit that was, but uh, a really good player all around. He had, he had committed to ASU, and he left when Herb Sendak left, right. uh, and they brought in Bobby Hurley. Yeah, he's been uncommitted for a while. He's kind of a weird recruitment, honestly. He doesn't really like doing interviews. Um, you don't find out a whole lot about him. Even Adam... You know, Adam obviously has been working hard to get in touch with him the last few weeks because we had heard from some sources here and there that we were starting to get back in the mix with him. Um, and then we saw, obviously, Eric Bossy and uh, the guy at 247, their head national basketball recruiter, both predicted that he was going to sign with us. So there was kind of some smoke. We wanted to figure out if there was a fire there. Um, but we couldn't get a hold of him. I mean, his whole entire recruitment has been kind of under the radar. I think that's just kind of how he is as a person. You could definitely tell that his AAU team was – um, shielding him from a lot of those recruiting updates, um, which is weird because Compton isn't yeah not known for doing that. Yeah, definitely not. Um, but I mean, he's the Austin Dufault comparison is probably fair. I will say though, he's already a lot bigger than Austin Dufault. Austin yep. Dufault was about six eight, and but he probably even as a senior didn't weigh more than two hundred and fifteen, two hundred and twenty pounds. And Seward's already 230, and he's closing on 6'10 now. So I, I think the lack of vertical athleticism is there for both of those guys. They both like to play on the perimeter. Um, they're not going to be dunking on you, either, either either of them. So those similarities are definitely there. Uh, he's got definitely a good handle for a big man. 
being Brazilian, if you watch any semblance of basketball, you know what they're known for. Uh, he definitely follows that mold. They're very, he's very crafty, very skilled for somebody that size, but isn't a traditional big, which is fine. I mean, most of the time in college, that's not how people play anymore. So, But he's going to cause a mismatch as a five for anybody that we're playing against as well, which is great. I mean, you, a natural center is going to struggle to guard him on the perimeter for sure. So from that perspective, it's really good for CU. And as I said, he's already 230 pounds. That's a big boy for um, a kid who's still in high school. He's already got some definition. He's got a chance to be a big body in a couple years. And, Ryan, I know you'll like this. Looking good, you know, speaking of looking good. He looks really good in Adidas uniform. Just imagine how he'll look in a a Nike uniform. Seriously, I don't know what Compton Magic is doing with Adidas. But uh, also, okay, here's something that's a little off topic. First, okay, I'll stay on topic quick. First of all, uh, I just I'm excited to kind of kind of get in there and see that first practice with him because I feel like you learn so much like right then and there. Can he do it? Like Thomas Lockheedsley, first practice, I was like, oh yeah, he can do it. Um, so I think that that's something that you never know until you see them playing up against the guys they're going to go against. A little bit off topic. In his commitment photo, he's wearing number 23. Are we okay with that? Yes. See. I'm of the belief that the number 23 should be re- retired across all of basketball. No. No one should be allowed to wear number 23. No. It's just a bad look, I think. <laughs> no. And then on top of that, Richard Roby's number should be retired. That's a bigger case. So no Richard, one should wear 23. You know Richard Roby's my guy. So I, you don't have to sell that point to me. You know what, I'm going to tweet this anyway later. So we've talked about Austin Dufault and Richard Roby. I can't announce that uh, CU is putting together a TBT team again. again. Yep, they're going to make another run out of it after last year flaming out in the first round. But That team did win, though. What? The team they lost to won the entire tournament. Yeah, so, I mean, they kind of got screwed there. Yeah. Um, it was – it's Austin Dufault, Jason Abazaway, Marcus Hall, Richard Roby. Um, Abazaway's on this team, dope. Yeah, so it, it's, it's basically the same team as last year. Trent Beckley is on it this year. Yes, that's my um, guy. That is your guy. Speaking of Trent, they're in uh, Cabo right now. All those walk-on boys are in Cabo. I saw that. I saw Bo and Kevin out there. Um, So that'll be cool. I mean, it's another thing to follow in the off-season in the summer, keep us entertained for a couple days or whatever. Um, Yeah, so, oh, 23. Yeah, I just don't think that he should wear number 23. Um, My middle name is Jordan, and I completely disagree with you. Uh, because your middle name being Jordan doesn't give you any like. <laughs> yes, it does because I respect you any Michael Jordan. Ground to have this conversation. <laughs> yes, it does because I am someone that respects Michael Jordan a lot, and my family does, and that's the culture I grew up in. But to me, the only number that should be re- retired in all sports right now, the way it is, is Jackie Robinson, forty-two. That's that's fine in baseball. I love it. And if you want to do it in other sports, that's fine. You can make the case that Roberto Clemente should be also retired across baseball, number twenty-one. That's great too but hockey is semi tried to retire Wayne Gretzky's number 99 uh, basketballs tried to do you know a little bit with Michael Jordan the Miami Heat have Jordan's number retired honorarily uh, and that's why LeBron actually wore six when he went to Miami Uh, but yeah I know weird sports things Uh, I'm not sure if that's true that is true (laughs) it's in my uh, how to get to first base book 23 23 ways to get to first base that's how many ways there are to get to first I'm gonna throw a curveball here just because I want to anyway finish what you're anyways my point is if you're gonna go and retire the best player in every single sports number 
what happened. Like, let's say LeBron ends up being the best player in basketball history, or Steph Curry, or Mike Trout ends up being the best player in baseball, or you have, you know, Sidney Crosby ends up being the best player in hockey, Patrick Kane, or something like that. Then all of a sudden, do you have to retire the next number? I'm, I don't even think it has to be actually retired. It should just be, uh, like, it should be an unwritten rule that no one wears 23. It's just you're just putting yourself in a bad sit. Like, every time I see you, I'm like, well, you're not Jordan. Why are you wearing that? Right. I don't think it should be retired. I think just people are – it's a bad look. I agree with you, but I, I don't <laughs> think it should be retired because that's – the only look, way – sh- If I'm a basketball coach, I'm just telling my players, no, no one is wearing 23. Do you know why numbers are retired in the first place? It was to honor people that had died playing. So in baseball, the first n- retired number was for uh, a player that died playing for the New York Giants. He got struck in the head by a pitch, and they retired his number because he lost his career and lost his life. Damn R.I.P. Uh, the first number that actually was retired that wasn't uh, a uh, something like that was Roy Campanella, whose career was cut short. Uh, you know, he's paralyzed in a car accident. And then Thurman Munson was the second guy, and his career was cut short, and he died in a plane accident. So most of these retired numbers actually were because of uh, an accident rather than how good they were. So uh, I don't know. I have a weird thing about retired numbers just from that perspective. That was, that was actually some sweet information. You want, you want to throw in? Yeah, I was just, I'm going to throw in a curveball and just say, what if he just likes Jason Richardson a lot and not Michael Jordan? <laughs> well, he should have, he should – retroactively know that Jason Richardson shouldn't have worn 23 because of Michael Jordan. So, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So, okay, and this kind of segues into something else I really wanted to talk about, which was on the almost exact same topic, which I wasn't even planning on before this, but Dallas Walton wearing 40. No, you can't do it. I I said on Twitter it made me a little queasy, and it's, it's no disrespect to Dallas, really. It's just that. I don't even know if Josh deserves to have his number retired, honestly. That was, it was just a quick transition to have somebody else in his number. And it just looks weird. See, that's how I feel about it. It's, uh, you know, even Trey Fletcher was one year removed from Alec Burks before he put on the number 10. Um, the quick turnaround like that just seems like it's a, a little too quick. And all I can hope is that someone asked Josh about it, you know, uh, whether it was Dallas or – I don't think CU necessarily had to, but it would have been nice, and, and maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. Uh, it would have been nice for Dallas to say, you know, hey, Josh, I really want to wear the number 40. Um, you know, we're both in-state big men. Um, I've looked up to you as I've grown in my career. It would be really cool for me to be able to wear 40. And then, of course, Josh Scott, nicest person ever, is obviously going to say, yes, you can wear 40. Um, but it does feel like it's – little bit too quick of a turnaround. Even with a, a skia booker for me and Thomas Akizili, not saying a skia deserves his jersey retired, but you know, you have a player there for four years. He was obviously a, a huge part of the program, uh, whether it be Josh or Ski, and then the next year you have a freshman wearing the number. I'm not saying it's necessarily disrespectful. It, it is a little bit more in Josh's case to me, but it's just weird because, you know, you come so used to Ski being number zero or Josh being number 40, and then all of a sudden this new guy is that. And it confused me a few times, you know, a couple first practices of the season. I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, obviously, grow accustomed to it. But, like, if you were going to do that, I'd say at least wait a year. But I'm of the people that think Josh Scott deserves his jersey retired. However, in college basketball, you only have 25 number choices because, you know, you're 0 through 5 up to 50. So it's kind of hard to just go, yeah, well, Josh deserves his number retired. 
Richard Roby, Chauncey, you know, then you're running out of numbers at that point. I don't, and you don't even necessarily have to actually retire the number to retire the number. Yeah, um, just you, honor it. Right, you can put it up in the in the stands and uh, you know whatever. But I do think certain players you just shouldn't wear their number right away. I can tell you this: uh, when Bo Gamble came in, he wanted to wear eleven, and he was told no because of Corey Higgins. So there. I mean, that was a long time ago, but it seems like they're picking and choosing who's allowed to wear numbers of good players right after they leave. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit of a different scenario as well. But <laughs> I don't know. Saying, to me, if you're going to tell guys that they can't wear a number because of who yeah. wore it last, then I think Josh Scott is included yeah. one of those people. I Corey, Corey Higgins didn't hit a buzzer beater in the tournament. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> hey, true. you were there. That's you were true. there. Yeah, me, myself, and Chris. That was basically <laughs> it. <laughs> What were you about to say? Uh, I forgot. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that's going to wrap up this segment of CU Buffs Hoops and football and all that. We're going to get into your fun questions next. Uh, but Why'd first. Why you say it like that? I don't know. I was trying to be cute. Uh, <laughs> You're bad at that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well. Oh, man. I've got something for you guys. Do you guys know what today's date is? 420, right? What happens two weeks from today? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me what else happened on 420. Take I was like, turns. 21. And where will I be? Right here. here. The Blake Street Tavern. Dang, My 21st gonna birthday. It's, it's going to be no. lit. It's going to be right. savage. It's going to be ratchet. It's going to be all I got to get some party favors together for you. Yeah. I didn't know that was that, that was coming up that quickly. We're going to make some stuff happen. So uh, if you – I know the place. Uh, this is the place, Blake Street Tavern. If you want to come out, have a party, uh, you know, celebrate something. This is the place to be the Blake Street Tavern. That's what I'm going to be doing for my big birthday. Uh, so I hope you guys think of this place when you're thinking about going out to the bars and having a you know good time. Uh, thanks for listening in. We'll be right back after this short break. Why go to the Clock Tower Grill? Because of the burgers? Sure. How about the 15 big screen TVs and the 100-inch projection screen? Okay. How about the fact that it's conveniently located at the Lincoln Light Rail Station? Yep. We could do this all day. The bottom line is that the Clock Tower Grill has unique food and drink specials every single day and offers something for everyone all the time. Head down to the Lincoln Light Rail Station and let's have some fun at the Clock Tower Grill. Rain, sleet, or snow, 24 hours a day, residential or commercial, you name it, A-Team does it. A-Team Garage Doors will meet or beat any estimate and offer same-day repairs. A-Team Garage Doors has a five-star rating and is a home advisor elite service provider. Call A-Team Garage Doors at 720-556-8016. That's A-Team Garage Doors, 720-556-8016. Call 8016 for the A-Team. When is the last time you went to the Rock Restaurant and Bar on Smoky Hill Road? With 69-cent wings on Mondays, trivia on Tuesdays, and $2 domestics during happy hour and weekends, the Rock Restaurant and Bar is the only choice when I'm in South Aurora. They're open 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. every day, making them a great place for a big breakfast, tasty lunch, or a nice dinner. The Rock is off of Smoky Hill Road, just a few blocks west of E-470. Find them online at therockrest.com. That's therockrest.com. 
$3 beer specials, $4 shot specials, $5 appetizer specials, and two-for-one 10-inch pizzas. All of that happens every Sunday at Ernie's Bar and Pizza. Not only does Ernie's have the best deals, but they were just voted number one New York-style pizza in Denver by the Westward. Why go anywhere else? Make Ernie's Bar and Pizza your home for football on Sundays. Ernie's Bar and Pizza, 44th and Federal in Old North Denver, where the Pisons live. If you're tired of the same old sports bar experience, it's time to check out the Sunset Grill. They have the NFL Sunday ticket, NHL Center Ice, NBA TV, and yes, even the Pac-12 Network. But they also have a gorgeous view from their spacious deck. They have dry ribs, wings, and mussels to go with their ice-cold beer. They have $4 Bud and Bud Light pitchers on Sundays, and their happy hour is from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. So next time you're looking for a place to watch the game, do it a little different and go to the Sunset Grill off Holly and County Line in Centennial. Sunset Grill. Are you a 1099 or an LLC owner looking to file taxes? Great. Go to johnrdundon.com. That's johnrdundon.com. Nobody knows the tax code like John Dundon. Do not get scammed by one of these fly-by-nights and do not put yourself in a position to be audited by the government. Do it right the first time. Go to johnrdundon.com. With over 12 years of experience, John Dundon will file for you, fight for you, and protect you. Two things that the website you file through cannot do. Go to johnrdundon.com. That's johnrdundon.com. Hey, Ryan, has anyone's voice ever annoyed you so much where you've ever wanted to turn the volume down or perhaps off? Yeah, I actually feel that way right now. Well, let me tell you about this place, Mute Mechanics. Man, that Jeremy Johnson is good. That was really silent. Yeah, he really knows how to mute it up. (laughs) Now, if you want to mute something somewhere, anything really, you need to go down to Jeremy Johnson at Mute Mechanics in Golden. Wait, are we thinking about boot mechanics again? (sighs) How does this keep happening? It's just one of those things, man. Just a brain fart, you know? What, what you really need to do is get down to, to boot mechanics <laughs> down in Golden. Uh, Jeremy Johnson is a professional skier who makes your boots. He, it's not moot, mute, fruit, suit, any of that. He makes your boots better by using a system that creates a footbed that's an exact mold of your foot. Uh, and you can get to him at bootmechanics.com. Or in Golden. So we're back on the BSN Buffs podcast with Ryan Koningsberg and Tyler Ziskin. I am Jake Shapiro. We asked you for your questions, the outrageous, the silly, the fun, uh, and we sure got them. And we're going to have some fun with this. We're going to break it up into two segments here. Uh, We're going to start it off right now. First question. I'm a hat guy, so I got to start with this one. Snapback or fitted? He's got, just FYI. Tyler's got the snapback on. I got a fitted on. I had a snapback on earlier today. Ryan, start it off. I'm not wearing a hat. For your visual, if you're trying to visualize what the way things look here. Um, I have a great haircut if that's helping you visualize anything. Uh, anyways, I am actually a fitted guy. There was a short period where I was into the whole snapback thing. I think the backward snapback like Tyler is currently rocking is a good look. Um, but really now, the only time I wear hats is on the golf course, which means I'm wearing them forward for the actual use of a hat to shade from the sun. Uh, and I just like the feel of a nice fitted cap gripping the, the skull there. All right, so this is actually a great question because for almost my entire life I was strictly fitted. 
and I wear definitely a lot more snapbacks now. I will say snapbacks are more difficult to find that fit my head. They're too shallow a lot of the time, so mm. I'm still going to have to lean fitted hat. I am, however, really hyped that we've gotten to the point in laugh where a curved bill is no longer an option for this question. Yes. Yeah, I'm a big fitted guy because that's what all the baseball teams wear, but I like wearing backward snapbacks, especially if they got a hockey logo on it because it looks good with my hair. Next question, also from Rumble in Buffalo. Is it ex- all the questions came from Rumble in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, is it acceptable to get tired? Yeah, he must have been really bored at work. Yes. We need to talk to his boss. <laughs> um, is it acceptable to get tacos at a place known especially for their burritos? So this was a topic that uh, surfaced on Buff's Twitter last week, and uh, just the regular Buff's Twitter. And, uh, Not the elite ta- kind? No. Uh, and the question was about... Actually, Rumblin was the first one to tweet it. He was like, I don't understand how there are people that go to a burrito place and order tacos. Um, well, what is a taco? Because to me, a taco is only a hard shell. There, there's no, no such thing as a soft shell taco. Those are just smaller ta- burritos. No, Bob, what are you talking We're about? We're going down the rabbit hole now. Yeah, no. Smaller burritos, there's no <clears throat> rice in tacos. Yeah, there is. No. If what? you go to Taco Bell, you? you get rice in tacos. Yeah, well, Taco Bell is dog rice meat. rice in a taco. Taco Bell is yeah, dog meat. That doesn't do. count. That, yeah, no, no. Taco, no. So, the, and so that's the next ta- question from Corinne. Best, hold on, hold on. The best kind of tacos are like little, the little street tacos that you can get. Like, there's a place right over by Union Station. You know what it's called? By Union Station, they have street tacos? Yeah, it's really no. good. Anyways, real tacos are soft tacos if you're talking authentic tacos. Hard tacos, yeah, those are tacos too. But <laughs> to answer the question, no. It's not acceptable to, like, if you go to Chipotle and get tacos, you're just missing the point of Chipotle. If you want tacos, go to a taco place. If you want burritos, go to a burrito place. Well, what happens if most of the people in your group want burritos? That's the rare but exception. But you feel like you want a taco. That's a rare the exception. tacos at Chipotle are actually good. In fact, I prefer them to the burrito. I will say I always get what the burrito. What is wrong there. with you people? What do you mean you prefer them to the burrito? I'm a Chipotle hater, so let's start off with that. Second of all, okay, we're, the, the, tacos there, the tacos there are good, so why can't you eat the tacos? I don't see the issue. It's not like, it's not like getting a hot dog at Burger King where you're literally just eating pink toothpaste. No. Have no. you had the hot dogs? So you <laughs> no, can't make that comparison. I don't comparison. eat Burger King. Jeez. The tacos at Chipotle are good. If you so, want to eat them, feel free. So That's that leads into the next burrito no. question. The key component of a burrito is what? I guess for you it's rice. You didn't answer the last question. Because for me it doesn't matter. It's the same. Is well, it you on the only menu? go to taco places because you eat at Taco Bell every no, night. No, I, I go to Chipotle like twice a week. Okay, fine. And I go to Illegal Pizza like do you get ch- Do you get tacos at these places? I never get tacos unless I'm in a large group and like I'm not that hungry, but I still want to eat something like quick. So. Why is it on the menu if it's not there to be eaten? It's there for... I was going to say something really... What if you don't go, like so rice? You get it too far. Well, then don't go to, go to a taco place. Again, what if everybody else That's wants to go to Chipotle? That's what I said. That's the exception. If you're like, mm, I want some tacos, I'm going to head down to Chipotle, you're doing it wrong. Why you got to tell people how to eat their, their meals, bro? Because I was asked a question, I'm just answering it. <laughs> just here so I don't get fined. Key component of a burrito is the rice to you. I believe it's – how do you know that? I didn't answer you, that. you said that like 30 seconds ago. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. You were like, well, the taco doesn't have rice in it. So No, that's not – but that's she's asking di- what makes a good burrito. What's the most important ingredient for the burrito to be good, I think. Ah. That's what she's asking. 
Uh, and to me, it still is actually the rice. Uh, if you have bad rice, nothing. I mean, that's the thing that there's the most of in the burrito. So if that's not good, then nothing else is going. I will honestly say that's one of the main reasons I'm not that big of a Chipotle fan because they don't mix your stuff up. That's like one of the one of the key components of the. But their rice is so good that when you just get a pure rice bite, it's still no, good. It's not as good as the entire burrito though. The rice is good. I'm not going to argue against that. But a mixed-up burrito is by far you better. Can, you know you can ask them to mix Yeah, up. but they always look at you like you just shot their toddler. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? They're, they work for you. Just saying. I'll have to go rice, too. I don't really care. Uh, but also, like, bad tortilla, you're in trouble. Um, really, anything, if it wasn't good, is going to mess up. That's the whole thing. That's what makes the burrito so great. It's a symphony of all these amazing Mexican foods coming together for one succulent meal. For one succulent Tex-Mex meal? Yes. Um, This one I like. Buffs player most likely to take a golf cart from Hale to Eaton Humanities when they aren't injured. And let me start this off because I know you're going to take him. Samson Kafavalu. Oh, no, that's not what I was going to take. Who are you going to take? Can I throw about somebody that used to be on the team? Sure. Shane Harris-Tunks. Hmm. I'm going Wesley Gordon. Oh, he oh, does yeah, that all the time. He does that. Can confirm. <laughs> Wesley Gordon's just trying to chill, you know? I just needed an excuse to get Shane Harris Tunks onto this podcast. Yeah, it might be the first <laughs> Shane Harris Tunks reference in the history of the podcast. Um, next. I also feel like Huggy or Nicole would do that. So I, I think it's a, a universal thing. If you see the cart, you take it. Speaking of Nicole, did we talk about the fact that she got a job in Switzerland? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Anytime you can continue playing your sport professionally after college is really awesome. And sometimes I think it's even cooler if you go to go do it in a different country. So congrats to Nicole. Especially Switzerland. There would be a lot worse places you could be than there. That's pretty cool. I was pretty hyped when I saw that. She's going to be like the only brunette girl there. So that one was from uh, Derek Kessinger. The next one from Benjamin Burroughs. Surprise. (laughs) On topic. How much playing time will Stewart get this year? Whit- he meant Seawert. Seawert. Uh, get this year. Witt or Griffin, who you got? Uh, talking about the transfers. Let's start with one at a time here, Jake. <laughs> How much playing time will Seawert get this year? And I think that's a really good question. Um, well, I guess I'll break it up into two categories. Non-conference, he'll see eight minutes a game. And conference play, he probably won't play very much at all. Wow. <clears throat> but... Isn't the whole point of bringing him in to have a player who's ready to go this year that can, I mean, look, you can't just have Wes and Tori out there the entire game. I guess we'll find out. I mean, it depends on how, how they use Xavier Johnson, I guess, a little bit. I mean, I think he'll play limited minutes. I think he will. It'll, he's, he's got the type of game that I think it's going to take him a little bit to translate to the next level. All right. I'm going to say that he averages throughout the season – Six or seven minutes a game. Okay. I will say I'll, I'll be the high end here. I'm going to say he's going to end up getting at least eight. Uh, I'm going to go he's going to get similar minutes to what Aki Zili got this year. Okay. Uh, next question, more buff stuff. If Montez starts next year, will he eclipse Sefo's 2015 passer rating, which was uh, 125.7? It's a really good passer rating. Right. No, there's no way yeah. he could do that. Um and he's not going to start, so I don't think. Yeah, I think that was, like, the one stat that was super high on Cepho. Remember last year, like, throughout the season, he kept starting and everyone hated him, and they had that oh, one the PFF. J.B. Long, right? Yeah. No, it was J.B. Long always tweeted the passer rating, and it was just like he no, was like. No, that was the pro football focus 
or whatever. Like best Pac-12 yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah, okay, whatever. He was in the top three, four all year, and it just made everybody really mad. Yeah. That was the stat, right? Yeah. So the, so no, no, it wasn't passer rating. It was like the the pro football focus rating, which oh, is okay. a different thing. Different thing, okay. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> n- not a chance that he's – I mean, that's a good passer rating because actually Sefo was a lot better than everyone gave him credit for. Agreed. Uh, next one, rank the dining options at the C4C. That The last question came to us from Michael BB7. This one comes to us from at Catherine Bogart. Uh, rank the dining options at the C4. I'm going to let you lead this off. That's your jam. Okay, this is my jam. Jake is that person who still has the meal plan year three into his college career. I I had the meal plan all four years. Yeah, I live across the street, too. Not everyone has those luxuries, so. Um, Number one for me is if there's chicken at the Asian station. If there's chicken in the Asian station, that is my go-to. They had sesame chicken there today. They got the honey chicken all the time. Uh, The Kung Pao or whatever is always good. Uh, the second option for me is if they don't have that, I go to the Mexican, Mexican station, make a tortilla with chicken, because uh, the chicken act there at the C4C is actually pretty good. Uh, every is once it free range? I have no idea. Uh, every once in a while, they'll have a really good pizza, like barbecue chicken or something. So over there, uh, I, I like, uh, I'm not a big fan of the barbecue, whatever's going on at the barbecue. It's just not very good. Um, and it's I've, all overcooked. Yes, and I've never, like, once and if been. if you think it's overcooked, then it's definitely overcooked. Yeah. Um, the guy who orders his burgers at the Blake Street Tavern, well done. That's because no one knows how to cook medium well. Not saying that you guys don't, but nobody does. Burgers, I'll, I will accept as well done. I thought you were about to tell me that he cooks no, his steaks well done, no. and I almost just kicked him. No, I, I, I would prefer them medium to medium well, but Ugh. no one no one does that. No, what so. about your steaks? I'm sad. That's what I'm saying. That's but no no me- one knows how to a cook. A medium well steak. Thing. Now I'm just angry. Let's move out of this I want topic. my steak to be moving while it's on the plate. Um, the, but And then the, I don't even know, the Indian or the Pakistani thing over there. I've, I've never, never been even there. eaten <laughs> there. So that's last. Number one's Asian. Uh, Mexican, number two. Uh, salad bar is low-key pretty good with the sandwich bar. Uh, and then number four is probably the pasta place. Pasta, never wait in line. If it's open and you're there, just grab some pasta, go. But never wait in line, not okay, worth it. Okay, calm down. Uh, the pasta is my, actually my favorite. Um, you get you can put whatever toppings you want on it, whatever sauces. Uh, they make a good pasta. The only thing really in there that is worth the line. The Mexican station always has a line. And it's super overrated. The rice is terrible. So that's not worth the line. Um, the grill is uh, extremely just, it's just bleh. Um, and then, so for me, second is the Asian food. I I never even know what I'm putting on my plate. It just looks Asian and I do it and I put lots of sriracha on it and I eat it and it's good. And then third is the salad bar because that's an underrated thing that like, you'll never, if you're like a freshman and you're eating there, never in your life again will you just always have fresh salad ready like that's the hardest thing about living on your own is like keeping greens fresh in your house um so you have to take advantage of the fact that there's just always fresh salad there uh the desserts there are pretty good too oh yeah that does that does not soft serve ice cream actually yeah number one and that's why there's more recruits coming to see you right now is they fix the soft serve ice cream machine again i swear to god every time the ice cream machine breaks there's like the, all the recruits start decommitting and everyone starts leaving. As soon as they fix it, every time they start getting recruits. It all has to do with the soft serve machine at the C4C. Yo, we need to hire someone full time then, if that's the case. Um, um, I've sadly never eaten at the C4C because I'm a grandpa. So 
Maybe one time, if you ever come to like a CU basketball practice or something, Jake. Jake sometimes generously uses his swipes on us. It's really sweet. Jake. Yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm, I have a I'll couple extra you, right now. I'll buy you some birthday drinks if you get me a C4C <laughs> meal. You come out. Uh, the problem with the C4C is I like can never leave there without being completely stuffed. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I just feel like I have to get the best out of this. I sat there for an hour today. I don't even know why. Uh, next one comes to us from a rival at a rival dojo. How do you boys eat string cheese? Uh, you peel it apart. Yeah, if you if you bite off the top of a string cheese without peeling it apart, I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the here's a better question. Are you like a small peels or like a like how many peels are in your string cheese? Probably like five. Okay. Yeah, I'm a five. I'm a five tear kind of guy. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because I can't stand like the, the people who do like 300 tiny tears. Yo, I'm 300 pounds. I don't have enough time <laughs> to peel my string cheese 300 times. Uh, people that haven't like, I wish I could go to just not knowing what Tyler looked like and just like go back to what I thought he looked like and then hear things like this and then it changes your perception. Of what Tyler looks like. Yeah, every, everyone Someone hates who doesn't know that you're... I get called out all the time for saying that I'm big, and I'm just like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <coughs> I'm actually a big person. It's just like, what it is. Like, someone that doesn't know that you're, like, 6'8", just heard that 300-pound comment, and, like, their vision of you just went from, like, this <laughs> short white guy to, like, a really short, fat white guy. <laughs> and now they just have to stretch you up, and then you look like a normal person again. Thank you. Just a really big one. I've got Appreciate an, you. I've got another quick one here. At... S-C-H-A-U-E-K-J. I say that because I have no idea how to pronounce that. <laughs> You're going to make fun of how he said that earlier. And then come on. Really? Yeah. Pharrell is so high, so hyped <laughs> that you right now with your high-pitched singing voice. <laughs> is a wrap a sandwich? Is a wrap an American burrito? Regardless, they are garbage and should be destroyed. They are not. Ryan's wrap looked delicious that he just got. Yeah, it was funny when you tweeted that at me because I was like, the wrap at Blake Street Tavern is one of my go-to pre-pod meals. Um, I don't know. Why Why are we hating on wraps? What's wrong with wraps? He probably is just, he's probably one of those dudes that's like, it's a wrap. It's a wraps are for girls. I feel like you there are people have out there like that. You should have that wrap because it's it is meaty. Did you, um, you got buffalo chicken today? Yep. Yeah, the buffalo chicken wrap is dope. So, is it a sandwich, though? Because that's a good question. I'm going to say no. It's yeah, I, not. Think, I think it's a sandwich. <clears throat> but isn't, by Jake's definition, a sandwich is meat in between two pieces of bread. Yeah, well, it's I don't, meat in between I don't really bread. care what his meat in between bread. <laughs> I don't care what his definition okay, is. Okay, so what's your definition? I think a wrap is like, it's. I'll say a wrap is inspired by a burrito, but it's using sandwich stuff so it's you know it's like they're they're giving homage to the burrito but it's actually a sandwich that's my thoughts i'm gonna say it's its own category just like hot dogs okay all right well it's a sandwich to me i think everyone knows that was coming uh in a quick one wait right, a wrap is a sandwich yeah. to you? but you said meat in between bread meat in bet- that's bread it's a tortilla is a wrap bread, right? a tortilla yeah. is not bread yeah it is. nothing about a tortilla is bread it's made out of wheat can be made out of corn too, but you can make bread out of corn. Cornbread. That is a terrible take. Um, you have to restructure your entire <laughs> stance on burritos. Now you're just saying it's meat in between a wheat-based substance. Yeah, sure. Uh, meat between rice. It doesn't even need to be wheat-based. You could put a b- bacon between two donuts, and that's a sandwich. <laughs> that's bread. 
<laughs> a donut is just glazed bread. Oh, sure. I, I thought you. I, I was trying to make the bacon this the bread in that scenario, and I was like, we just went off the rails. Yeah, what if I like weaved bacon together, and then put made the like bagel two in bacon things, and then put sandwich uh, like turkey in between. Sandwich. Yo, somewhere How? some somebody got really hyped at the thought of that. Because there's a there's two things holding together another thing in the middle. And that's See, you're really you altering like what your definition of a sandwich um, is. I got one more before we head to a quick break, and I'm going to give this one to Ryan. Top five birds coming to us from our own at Matt Cisneros. <sighs> There's a lot of really great birds out there. You better folks. not get this wrong. Well, obviously, number one is the bald eagle. Um, it's unquestioned, <laughs> and it cannot be taken away from that bird. <clears throat> uh, second, I'm going to have to go... With the red-tailed hawk, um, very native to these lands, uh, I see I see him all the time. So I feel like I have you know emotional connection with the red-tailed hawk. Um, third best bird uh, is the hummingbird because it can fly backwards. Only type of bird that can fly backwards. Um, fourth best bird is the owl. I mean, how can you knock the owl? It can turn its head around 360 degree pattern. It actually can, but. It can turn its head all the way around, but it has to turn back. Right, the right. Way, so, yeah. yeah. It's like a... It's like 290 degrees, basically. It's like it's like 359 degrees. Yeah, whatever. Um, and number five... By the way, did you see that little kid who fell in love with the fake owl? No. It was like one of those things that went viral last week. You know those like fake owls you put outside your house to scare other birds away? Yeah. This little kid, like... Instead of, like, a stuffed animal, it slept every night with its little plastic owl. Adorable. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to throw a, a, a curveball here for number five, the toucan. The toucan is a great bird. With Yo. A super long. Before That's actually hilarious because I was, was going to throw out parrot. I mean, obviously, oh. there's a lot of parrots. You went a little more specific, but I like parrots. Parrots are dope. I'm going to throw out, however, ptarmigan. Because I respect big things in life. Ptarmigans are giant birds. Those are pretty what cool. What about ostrich? No, ostriches suck. Why? Because they can't fly. Penguins? Penguins are cool, but like these people say they're a bird, but they're not really a bird. They're birds. Nah. You got to be able to fly. Are we, Are they? Are, do people say they're a bird? They're, they yes, are a bird. Yes, penguins are a bird. But I just, I'm just in not. In zoology, they are a bird. That's so odd. Like I feel like it's you one can't of those, fly. I feel you like I've count. thought about it too much in this short period of time. Like you know, when you think about something too much and it doesn't make sense anymore. Like penguins are dope. If they were really a bird, they'd probably be my favorite bird. But I just you can say they're a bird, but to me they're it's not. It's like a calling bird. a tomato a fruit. Yeah, it is. Stop your yeah, but just stop. It's a vegetable. But if you said if I asked you what your favorite fruit was and you said a tomato, well, tomatoes are garbage, and I think they should be banished from the planet. <laughs> wow. Okay, anyway, so... Strong take. Yeah, those are the top five birds. Uh, I And you said curveball, so I'll go into baseball. Baseball logos, the best baseball logos in the world, by the way, are just random birds, unassuming birds, like the Blue Jays, Blue Jays. old logo. What about the yeah. Mud Hens? The Orioles old logo. Some of these logos aren't even mean-looking birds or, like, baseball-playing birds. They're just birds. Yeah, the Orioles, just Oriole is a good logo. Yeah. That's the best argument I've ever seen for birds in general, the fact that all their logos are dope, because he's right. Like the Pelicans logo, it's probably my favorite logo out there right now. It's a good I logo. hate the Cardinals, but the Cardinals have a fantastic logo. Uh, that's going to wrap up like this segment. We're going to come right back with, uh, is there an elite buff Twitter? Would you rather use copy or paste? Uh, Why are you reading off the questions? 
because I'm trying to tease it. That's what I learned in my journalism class. Terrible tease. You're supposed to tease like a little bit of the question, not the whole question. Which songs do we think Kanye, no, which Kanye West songs like, do we like? Or? We come back and we talk about three topics, but you don't know the actual question. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're going to work on it. Hey, journalism schools, we still got time. All right, we'll be right back. Jackson's Hole opened up in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching all sporting events. Almost 40 years later, Jackson's All-American Sports Grill is keeping the reputation alive. We've upgraded our TVs to 65 and 70 inch HD flat screens. We have amazing food and to top it all off, we have almost 30 beers on tap, including our table taps that you can control at your own table. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off of Arapahoe and I-25. Jackson's, the original sports grill. Fossil Trace Golf Club is a destination for golfers across the country. Tucked into the foothills of Golden, Colorado, Fossil Trace is one of the most unique courses in America. Hole 12 was named one of the most fun 18 holes in America by Golf Digest. Fossil Trace is 5280's best golf course, and it's less than 20 minutes from downtown Denver. Go to Fossil Trace to escape the ordinary and discover the extraordinary with prehistoric and modern. Schedule your tee time up to 60 days in advance at FossilTrace.com. If you or somebody you know has been in any type of accident, call Flesh Law. You do not want to face the insurance company alone. If you're not sure what to do, Flesh Law offers free consultation and will meet with you for as long as you need. And if you do decide to file, Flesh Law will have your litigation started immediately so that they can get your case resolved quickly. Call Flesh Law at 303-806-8886 or Google Flesh Law. That's 303-806-8886 for Flesh Law. Flora is the Apple store of cannabis with three locations, the biggest selection in the state, and a tech-driven shopping experience. Euflora is the only dispensary you need. Euflora has over 75 types of edibles, tinctures, topicals, and drinks, and they have over 20 strains of flour at all times. To see everything Euflora has to offer, go to EufloraColorado.com. That's EufloraColorado.com. back for the last segment of the BSN Buffs podcast with Tyler Ziskin and Ryan Cunningsburg. I am Jake Shapiro. A quick few more questions. Uh, I'll start off with this. Top five Kanye West songs. Oh, that caught me off guard. I wasn't quite ready for that one yet. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to have to cop out here and just say the entire... A cop out? No. That was a good one. <laughs> that was good. One. I'm just going to say that graduation, anything on there. Uh, honestly, I'm not a big Kanye West fan, so I'm not the person to ask this question to. Okay, I haven't I haven't even heard the whole new album yet, so I'm gonna get on that. I gave you that like two months ago. You did, and like I said, I'm not the biggest Kanye fan, so I'll I'll say this: if I probably was to rank, no, okay, Ultralight Beam is making it in my top five. If I'm taking time on that, so Gorgeous is my favorite Kanye West song. The Glory, uh, off of Graduation, 
uh, Champion, also off of Graduation, one of my favorite songs ever. Uh, what's my, what's that song I'm trying to think of with uh, uh, New Workout Plan? I love that song, absolutely one of my favorite songs. And then Two Words, uh, also off of uh, The College Dropout. So those are my top five Kanye There's songs. There's so many, they're, they're but also good. I can't, you know, I, I have a hard time straightening it out because I, I like F FML on uh, The Life of Pablo is one of my favorite songs ever. Blood on the Leaves, terrific. Uh, but we'll go on to the next question. That was asked by uh, at Garrett Beer. Uh, the next one coming. Cubs fan, that Garrett Bear. I, I know. Uh, he, he's a young Bears fan. Uh, okay, I, I'm going way off the rails. At Miss Matt Cisneros asks us, underrated places I need to go in Boulder the next three weeks before I graduate. Uh, you guys got any? Well, it, we, were, we were debating before this whether he's talking about food or just places in general. Um, I I'd be willing to venture a guess that Cisneros, Bob Neros, as I like to call him, has yet to go to Efren's. So I think it would be great for him to get out there. Best Mexican food in Boulder. Yeah, if he hasn't been to Efren's, that's, that's a, as I like to say, that's a you problem. Yes. So he should correct that. Um, I, I use that forgot, all the time, by I already the way, forgot the name of the Italian place. Yeah, he, Tyler <laughs> wanted to request El Pastillo. El Pastillo, thank you, yes. Because no one knows about it, and they should, because it's some of the best Italian I've but ever had. But if it's not food, Tyler has... Oh, yeah, you got to go to Gold Hill. It's probably the greatest boulder <laughs> mystery of all time. Just go. Okay, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to get to Mapleton. You're going to go up into the mountains. You take Mapleton all the way west. up into the mountains. Right. Eventually, so you go past the fire that was up there like five years ago, which is cool in its own right. And eventually, you're going to get onto this dirt road. And you go. there's this huge cliff on your right side, which is really awesome. And then you end up in the creepiest town ever. It's called Gold Hill. And have you been? I have been. I'm yeah. going to go. Sh I'm going to. Cisneros, you and I are going together. Have you not gone either? No. Oh. Oh, dude, it's cool. We went in uh, eighth grade. If you How crazy is it? It's awesome. It's, it's like its own little world up there. It's pretty sweet. I see some creepy stuff in my day. One of the more underrated things up in the mountains, too, is a gross reservoir. I, I know it gets talked about a lot, but I always like going up there. It's really nice, cool uh, views out there. Uh, nice place to go hang out. It's a little bit chillier up there. Uh, good place to go on a warm day. I take my Jeep up there. It's fantastic. You can go cliff diving, this even was already you can't actually go This was already diving. requested to Bob Narrows on Twitter, uh, but just any of the breweries, getting around to the breweries is, a, is a, a great thing to do in Boulder. I mean, if you can somehow get a little brewery tour going around, Maybe find someone to be your DD, or maybe you can bike it. Um, oh, a lot man. of people do that. I got a good bike Although, story. wait, no, don't bike and drive. I mean, drink and bike. Yeah, don't do that. Trust me on that one. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, don't do that. Uh, never mind. Just get a DD. Uh, we're going to go on to the next one because this was by far the best question we got. At Orange Bowl, Matt, choose one. Never use copy and paste again, or you must only wear Costco brand clothing the rest of your life. And I'm going to start this one. If I wasn't allowed to use copy and paste, there would be no Twilights. So, <laughs> Well, no, here's the problem here. And I thought about this long and hard. I lost sleep over this last night because I copy and paste like 60 times a day just doing different things for work. So... Instead, so if you think about it, if you, if you weren't allowed to use that feature, you'd have to look at the URL. Say you wanted to do like a Twilight. You'd have to look at the URL and type out the entire thing. I, so I would have to quit my job because I wouldn't be able to do my... I mean, think about it like if I'm like trying to tweet an article, I have to copy and paste the link into the tweet. I'd be done for. Uh, so 
I would either, I, my choice would be quit quit my job and find a job where I don't ever have to use copy and paste or go with the clothes. I really don't want to quit my job and I consider myself a, a bit of a fashion guru. So I think I could make the best out of the clothes at, at Costco and, and make it work into still having a swaggy style. Mine is not even close to this ridiculous of a decision because if you know anything about me, you know I love sweatpants. So I will gladly wear Costco sweatpants for the rest of my life and not feel bad about it whatsoever. In fact, I wear sweatpants to work like three times a week, which is not allowed, but I don't care. But what about like, I, I know you like to, you like to get done up a little bit when you go out. I like copy paste. <laughs> <laughs> copy no, paste I'll, is too clutch, man. I, I will easily, life without easily copy wear paste sweatpants my whole life. It's not a life I want to live. I use that at least 100 times a day. Uh, and that's probably a little bit underestimate. Uh, Maybe I'll copy and paste some clothes onto my sweatpants. <laughs> Here's the last question, and it comes from at Lovely Corinne. Is there an elite buff Twitter? This needs to be addressed. Apparently. I had to look into this to even know what she was talking about. Um, the great staff here at Blake Street Tavern making sure that everything is okay at our table. Um, I had to look into what she was even talking about. Apparently there are claims of um, a Elite Buffs Twitter because someone got unfollowed and was upset about it. I'll just, put, I'll just put it this way. I've never unfollowed someone because I disagreed with their opinions. I only unfollow people because one, there's two reasons. One, you just have terrible tweets that are just terrible. Or two, you're always negative. Like if someone's always negative, it just kills my vibe. I'm on Twitter. Like it's part of my job to just like be perusing twitter all day if i'm just like seeing constant negative tweets it's gonna bring down my personal vibe so i have to get the negative out of my timeline yeah for me so to answer the question no there's no elite buffs twitter for me it's pretty simple like you don't get followed or unfollowed because i agree or disagree with you because i would have no followers if that was the case let's be honest it's really just for me like do you affect my mood every day that's what i'm saying like i don't like, I'm not trying to get on Twitter every day and just be like, I don't want to deal with this person anymore. And so I don't. That's that's as simple as I can put it. We're, yeah. If you would like to work your way back into my good graces and, you know, maybe put something out there that makes you worthy of a follow, I, I'm open for that. I feel like the, the – I, I don't know. We're not exclusive. No. We're just friends. Yeah, I'm not going to apologize for having friends. To me, so it's – that's it's, fine. The only people I follow on Twitter is, one, people I get news from, two, people that help me do my job. I, and I follow a few friends. That's it. And it's not that I, I don't follow people that I disagree with. I actually follow probably more people I disagree with than I agree with because I like to <coughs> learn more. Uh, but there's, there's not an elite buffs Twitter. There are better tweeters that are people that tweet about the buffs. Ryan is certainly better than uh, some other buffs writers, I would say. Um, I'm not even calling out a singular one, but I'm, I, I think that's a known fact of people that listen to this podcast. Uh, for instance, he's a better tweeter than me, and I also write about the buffs. <laughs> um, uh, Tyler is a better buffs tweeter than other people that are also on all buffs. That's just kind of how it is. And maybe that's my perspective there on it. There are elite buffs tweeters. There are elite buffs tweeters, but not Twitters. There's not an elite, elite buffs, buffs Twitter. Twitter. And if you have a good tweet, I will include it in Twilights, even if I don't follow you. I find tweets that I 
if you know if you're in my mentions and I think something's good, I'll put it in Twilight's. Uh, I don't really care if I follow you or don't. So I, I try not. I try to, you know, broaden our, our our tweet Twitter. Really, if I unfollow you, it's it's because I don't want to have hard feelings towards you. Not that I do have hard feelings towards you. It's just like ah. That keeps being there, and it's negative, and I mean, it's bugging me. I don't, I don't need that anymore. I've never, I've never once looked down on someone for, for being on of less of Twitter than me. Like, that's yeah. just a ridiculous thing to say. Like if, if if I enjoy my interactions with you, I continue following you, and if I don't, I don't. And it's really, I mean, there's no other way to put it for me. Here's my thing: I don't want people to follow me. That like, if if you're if my tweets bug you, please unfollow me. I don't. I want my tweets to have good connotations in your mind. All right. I saw that my my friends used to be like, dude, I can't follow you anymore. Oh, you like you're like live tweeting a hundred tweets at a press conference. I'm like, well then unfollow me. Uh, that's gonna wrap up the BSM Buffs podcast. Shaps got to go ump a baseball game. Go thirteen year olds. Uh, for Tyler Ziskin and Ryan Koningsberg, <laughs> I am. I heard what you heard. <laughs> okay, we both just heard the exact same thing. We heard and an extra you... letter on ump, <laughs> and then we heard thirteen and then year go olds. Go thirteen year olds, and I was just like, whoa. <laughs> That was so innocent and unassuming. <laughs> I, you guys I, are the worst. I, I, right, I got to go. I'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. We'll be back. We might have Will Whalen on. We're trying to work that out. Uh, if not, we'll have him on soon. Uh, we love our buddy Will. Tyler will probably be back. And probably next, if he's not back next week, he'll be back in the near future. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys really soon. We have some more great content coming up on bsmbuff.com this week. So follow along. Follow us on Twitter as well. Thanks, guys. Sports. Here to talk to you about mute mechanics. Are you trying to reduce levels of volume to zero? And I can quickly fade it out. Come down to mute mechanics. Yeah. And then it just goes dead for like 15 seconds. Yes. Damn, Jeremy Johnson's good. Yes. And then we'll come back. Okay. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.